The Last 5150 Podcast begins now. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode number 19. We're going to start something new on the podcast starting once a month. I'm actually going to do, I'm going to cover a, like a musical artist or an album or a movie or a TV show or something, a sports team or a game, something of that nature that, you know, just means a lot to me and somehow inspired me. And so tonight we'll be starting that and that'll be later on in the podcast. We'll be getting to that later on. But first, let me welcome everybody. Hope everybody had a great weekend. It's episode number 19. And we're just steamrolling right along, man. We're doing, we're having so much fun on this podcast. Hey, and thanks to all the new followers, man. All the nice things you guys saying. Really appreciate that. What happened over the weekend? Uh, my Broncos lost, man. Heartbreaking. But you know what, though? Unlike college, you can afford to lose a few games in the NFL. And you can still go to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying Denver's going to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, theoretically, you can still go to the Super Bowl. College, you, man, honest, really, a lot of people say you can lose two games. In college, you usually lose one game, and you're done. You're done. Florida State, man, I love them. Our season's not looking too bright. We beat Miami off a block field goal, but... I mean, the season's over. I mean, they might climb up a little bit, but, you know. And I don't think they suck. I just think we got a younger team. We got a young quarterback. You know, talking about Florida State. But back to Denver. Well, we switched up to college for a second. I don't know why I did that. But anyways, Denver just looked. I don't know, man. It's either Denver just didn't play that good or Atlanta's just that good. You know what I'm saying? Because... I'm not taking anything away from the Falcons because they're a good team, man. I mean, they put up a ton of points on Carolina, but Carolina's Carolina's losing right now to Tampa Bay three to zero. Come on, people! I just Carolina's not all that. They got a Super Bowl hangover big time. But you you know Denver just our defense look kind of I don't they just look tired at times. Offense, uh, Paxton Lynch is just, eh. he, you need to work, we need to work with him a lot more, you know what I mean, he needs to be worked with a lot more, let's get Trevor back in there, and I hope, man, hey, first of all, I want to say, Coach Kubiak, I hope you're doing well, I hope everything's okay, you know, they said extreme migraine, he's not going to coach Thursday night, so I really hope, Kubiak, I hope you're doing really, I hope you're doing good, I hope everything's okay, I hope it's not too serious, Um, and can't wait to see you back on the field. But anyway, Thursday night we played the Chargers. What else happened over in the NFL this weekend? Uh, let's see here. The Cardinals beat the 49ers. Redskins with a win over the Ravens. And, of course, Tom Brady making his big return against my buddy's team, the Browns. And, wow, did Tom Brady make up for missing four games. 33-13. Yeah. All right. I. You know what? It was going to be ugly for no matter who the Patriots played. That first game, I think any NFL team would at that point would have been like, do we really have to play them? Can we just say we just take a loss? Because <laughs> you knew he was going to win. I mean, if he would have lost, it would have been bad news for Patriots. But I didn't have any doubt they were going to lose. Uh, Lions with the win over the Eagles. Colts beating the Bears. The Bears! Titans with the win over the Dolphins. Man, you know what? The Dolphins is not that bad of a team. 
They're really not. I mean, they've had some close games, except for the Titans. Anyway, here's Shocker. 31-13, the Vikings with the win. Man, the Vikings looking good. They're looking strong. Steelers beating the Jets. Of course, we just talked about the Broncos losing. And the Cowboys. 28-14 over the Bengals. My, my boy Rusty's team. And you know what, man? I was just talking to him on the phone this morning, talking about Rusty, and we're talking about the Cowboys. And I'm like, you know, Jerry Jones comes out and says, Tony Romo's still our guy. And I'm like, okay, I understand. Like, you, you've got a lot of money in him and stuff like that. But Prescott's not doing bad at all, dude. Just leave him in until he screws up. And then if I was Tony Romo, I'd say, listen, why don't we let me get healthy? Because I've had some issues over the years. Let me get healthy. You know, take a little extra time off. And let the young man keep going. Now, if he starts to struggle and you got no choice, you got a, you know, you got a situation where you got to pull a quarterback, that's cool. That's different. But Prescott's been looking pretty good, man, to be honest with you. You know? So I say leave Prescott in. Romo. Get get the healing yourself, man. Get the healing. The Bills with the win over the Rams. Raiders with the win over the Chargers. So that goes into Thursday night game. The Chargers and the Broncos both coming off a loss. Somebody's gonna be looking for somebody's gonna be looking for a little revenge here. And the Packers with the win over the Giants. And of course, you buy teams with Seahawks, the Chiefs, Jaguars, and the Saints. And like I said, Thursday night kicks off with. Uh, the Broncos and the Chargers. But anyway, that's over on the NFL side of things. Let's switch over to film, TV, and movies. What's going on? The Ranch. Do you guys watch that show on Netflix? Ashton Kutcher's in that show. And, uh, oh, man, I can never remember his name. The guy from that 70s show, curly-haired guy with the glasses. Uh, I can't remember. His, oh, man, it kills me. I can't think of his name. But anyway... The Ranch is a funny show. I love that. And you know what's funny is Ashton Kutchen's character was is a quarterback, played college ball for Florida State, and I'm a huge Florida State fan, and they live in Denver. So it's kind of like I'm a Florida State and Denver fan. So that sold me right on, right just on that aspect. I was sold. So <laughs> it is a funny show, though. Um, so The Ranch started – Back on Netflix. Also, Supergirl premiere started tonight, the 10th. Yep, tonight's the 10th. Supergirl, and apparently Superman is going to be showing up in that show. The new Flash started back up as well. Episode 1, got Kid Flash in there. I haven't watched it yet. I'm behind, I know. I gotta catch up. i tell you what, I did watch parts of the Suicide Squad again. And... That movie is just so good. I don't see why that movie got so much hate, man. I like that movie. It's a good movie. Harley Quinn's character. That girl nailed it. Anyway. Jumping over to video game side of things. What do we have tomorrow coming out? WWE 2K17 for all you WWE fans out there. More than likely, I'll be streaming it. More than likely, I'll be doing my thing with the WWE over on. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash less 5150 EVH. Come, come hang out and check it out. You know, that's the, I wasn't going to get it, to be honest with you, but that's the game that kind of got me started in all of this. If it wasn't for that one game, I would have never had a YouTube channel. I would have never had a podcast. I would have never had a Twitch channel. 
I mean, that that is just like that started the ball rolling for Twitch, and then I started venturing out and doing other things. So I have to be honest with you. Right now, out of all three platforms, I enjoy the podcast the most because it's different. And I, I really, because I feel like I can just do, I could do what I, I know this, sound, this is probably going to sound, I could do what I want. If that, if that kind of makes sense, I could talk about things. And, you know, if I want to talk about the iPhone 7, or if I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, if I want to talk about the Broncos or Astro Gaming, or, you know, I just feel a little more freedom on the podcast. And, because on Twitch, you kind of keeping it, you know, to the source of what you're doing, even though we kind of get off subject sometimes. But nonetheless, I love doing the Twitch and the YouTube, but the podcast is my favorite right now. I'll be honest. I love the podcast. But, okay, so, what we're going to start doing is, once a month, we're going to start a series and talking about, like, a movie or a TV show or a song or an album or an artist that's really just kind of like something that kind of made a dent in my life. And starting tonight, we'll be talking about an album that means a lot to me. Kind of changed the way I listen to rock and roll and stuff. And, and what we're going to be talking about is the album Pump by the band Aerosmith. Now, I can. what can I tell you about this album? Why do I love this album so much? Well, first, let me just give you just the general stats. The album was released September 12, 1989. It's the 10th studio album by Aerosmith. And the lineup at the time was, and I say at the time because they did have a lineup change at one point in time. The lineup this is the traditional Aerosmith lineup. Steven Tyler, vocals, Joe Perry, guitar, Brad Whitford, guitar, Tom Hamilton, bass, and Joey Kramer behind the drums. Wonderful album from start to finish. When I listen to the album, I kid you not, nine times out of ten, I listen to it from front to back. I, li I listen to it all the way through. And there are times I will listen just to the first two tracks, but I usually just listen to them together, like Young Lust, and it goes into fine. But... Majority of the time, I'll listen to the album all the way through, and sometimes I'm not even, I'm listening, but I'm kind of off doing other stuff, so I'm really not listening, but I, you know, it's playing in the background. It, there's very few albums I listen to all the way through. There's a handful of them, but this is one of my favorites, because it reminds me, one of the reasons I love it so much is listening to it as a, as a younger man. Back then, on cassette tape, it was the first first time I ever had it was on cassette tape, by the way. It reminded me of being at a concert. Because it kicks off really strong and hard and fast with Young Lust. And then it goes, you know, there's this big, at the end of Young Lust, there's this big drum outro thing that Joey Kramer's doing. And it goes right into fine, you know, and then and the guitar's cranking up. And Tyler's doing this, like, growl thing. And... It kicks right into that song. Then it has like a slight little uh, intro into Love in the Elevator where Steven Tyler gets on the elevator and she's telling you what's on the floor and she's like, ooh, Mr. Tyler going down. And he's like, he does that little laugh. like, <laughs> And then it kicks into Love in the Elevator. And it's like a concert, man. It's like a concert mixed with a little bit of, you know, I, I call it at the time, it was the ultimate MTV album. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. 
But you got to remember when I was growing up, MTV was just MTV was cool. MTV, you everybody watched MTV, and you watched for your favorite videos. And Aerosmith had a ton of them. They had Love in the Elevator. Uh, Janie got a gun. That man, that video was wow. That was uh, definitely on the other side. No pun intended. That's another song on this album. <laughs> uh, and then what it takes, you know, and um, this is the first album where I believe they were all clean, kind of like Motley Crue's Dr. Feelgood. Because I believe, and I'm reading a quote, and the reason I say that is because I just read a quote because it says in the 1989 MTV special entitled Aerosmith Sunday, Brad Wilford explained the album title of Now That We're Off Drugs, We're All Pumped Up. Which, okay, I can believe that. But knowing what majority of this album is about, it's about sex and drugs. And then I look at the album cover going, Pump, come on, man! I know what that is. Now, you could tell me all day. But, listen, as much as I've listened to interviews with Steven Tyler and the rest of these guys, <laughs> come on. You know what this album's about, man. You know what the album cover's about? Come on. I'm trying to keep it family friendly, but come on. You can't fool me. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> I love listening to the album. Let me tell you, this album was produced by Bruce Fairburn. If you don't know who that gentleman is, he passed away in 99. He was a wonderful producer, man. And he produced some of the biggest rock albums and some of the biggest songs you've probably... And you have listened... You have listened to a lot of songs he's produced, I promise you. Whether it was ACDC, Van Halen, Bon Jovi, uh, Gee Whiz, who else? Of course, Aerosmith. I can't think of everybody right now. I mean, there's just like a ton of bands. Everything this man touched turned into a hit. And I've heard the same story from every from a lot of different musicians. Is you know they love him at first when they start working on the album, and as the process goes on, they start to hate him. And by the end of the album, they can't stand him, but they love to work with him. And I've heard that from a couple of different artists who said that. And I don't think they hated him. Hate. I just think they just hate that he's so hard on them and you know i think it's explained best in the um dvd documentary for this band or vhs documentary whatever you got uh, making of pump is uh, joe perry says because he's coming in and he's taking something that you created and it's like your child and he's coming in and he has no attachment to it and he's coming in like hey we need to do this 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 and this and cut this and cut that and do this and put this and I, I can understand being a guitar player and being a musician. Somebody comes in and telling you how to play something. You're just like, no, no, that doesn't sound like what I want it to sound like. But you listen to them because sometimes being on the outside looking in, you can see something that you're not seeing. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that's what Bruce was, was so good at was hearing something going, no, we need this. And if you listen to all the songs he ever produced or albums he's produced, they're wonderful and they're full and they they just rock hard. Um, and it reminds me of being in the studio and I thought I was playing something correctly and then the guy behind the board is like, uh, no, let's do this. And I'm like, 
what are you talking about? I'm doing it this way forever. And everybody's just kind of looking at me because I didn't want to budge. And then he pointed out to me, I did it and going, listen to it and go, oh, yeah, well, that does sound better. <laughs> so that's my little story tied in. That's why I, I, and I told that story because so, I can relate to when Joe says that in the documentary of that, making a pump, I understood like, okay, I get it now. You know, I get it now. But if you watch the making of this documentary, of this album, watch it because to me, it it's kind of like it makes the album that much better to me. Because you watch them from, you know, the album, the, the documentary starts off when they're uh, messing around on the keyboards and the guitar. Um, they're writing Love in an Elevator. And it's great, man, to see like a song like that, that is a, like, there's a lot going on in that song. You know, horns and guitars and drums and vocals and backing vocals and all that. And to see all that, it starts off with just Stephen and Joe Perry sitting in a, I don't know, it looks like in a basement or something. And they're just kind of, da na 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 And they don't even have lyrics at the time. He They just kind of have this melody in their head. And da na 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 Da, da, da. And it, and then you see it all come together, and it's just cool to see that, because you don't get to see that much anymore, the documentary and how an album was made. But and I think that's what makes this album so much more special to me is watching the documentary with it, and then seeing these songs created from you know just little riffs and and putting them together, and bam, next thing you know they got a full album full of hits. By the way. Real quick, the album went, I believe it went seven times platinum. It's not bad. Not bad. I'm like, who my kid? That's pretty dang good. You know what I'm saying? They won a Grammy Award for Janie's Got a Gun. Several hits off of it. Love in the Elevator, F-I-N-E Fine, uh, Janie's Got a Gun, Monkey on My Back, What It Takes, The Other Side. They were all pretty big hits. The Other Side was a number one hit. What It Takes was a number one hit. Monkey on My Back, I think it peaked at number 17. Janie's Got a Gun, of course. Now, this is the one that kind of blew my mind. This is number two. Hit number two. Uh, if I Ain't Fine. I, I say that because if you understood what that song title stood for, you'd say it too. And then he says that in the song, F-I-N-E-5. But anyway, sidetrack was at 14. And Loving the Elevator, number one. So, he had a bunch of hits off this album. Like I said, some of those songs aren't even my favorite. I will tell you my favorite songs off this album is Voodoo Medicine Man, Don't Get Mad, Get Even, and Young Lust and Fine. I love those songs. And I know the majority of the lyrics to these. It's one of those albums I know a lot of the lyrics to. And there's not a lot of albums I can say I can listen to from start to finish in one sitting and, and not complain or... Like, okay, let me just listen to this song and move on. Like, 1984 by Van Halen is one I can listen to all the way through. And there's a couple other ones. But um, I, I remember the first time we got this was in cassette tape, and we had a little cheap boombox, and we played it. And I remember on what it takes, my brother accidentally hit the record button, and you can hear one of us, I wish I could find this tape. You can hear one of us screaming, Stop! And we hit the stop button. And, and so, like, in the middle of what it takes, it's like you hear us screaming, stop. <laughs> and so, like, 
when I got the CD later on in life, and I'm listening to the album all the way through, and it gets to what it takes, and it gets to, I remember the exact part where it happens, and listening to that album without that part in it was like, oh, okay, so, well, I kind of missed my brother recording on that, you know? But, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, that's how much we listened to that album. That And that should tell you, that album was always in the, in the boombox. It was a great, it's a great album, man. And, you know, one thing is that a lot of people don't realize that Brad Whitford is a phenomenal guitar player. He is phenomenal. I love that dude's style. I've seen him live several times with Aerosmith, of course. And I've seen him jamming with Joe Satriani and Chickenfoot up in Charlotte, North Carolina one time. That's a different story I'll tell another day on a rainy day. But the album, the, the whole CD is great. It is just, oh, man, it, it's totally different than what was coming out at the time. You, you, well, you had Bon Jovi and Poison. and that was, this was that, Well, this album kind of came out at the end of the 80s. Because you're going in the 90s and, you know, Nirvana and Soundgarden starting to come around at the end of, see, this album came out in September, so probably going right into 90 and you had all the, uh, the, I guess, the grunge thing coming out. But, um, yeah, so, great album, start to finish. And, I'll be honest, this was probably, I heard, heard Aerosmith songs before, but this was probably the first album I really got into. Uh, and I remember we got Permanent Vacation also. And some of the older albums. And I was like, eh. I love Pump. But then the other albums are great. It had some really great songs on them. And the album that follows this one is uh, Get a Grip. And I love That's probably my second favorite Aerosmith album. But those are two of my favorite Aerosmith albums. Now, I like the older stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love like songs like Chip Away at the Stone and Dream On. Of course, who doesn't love that song? Such a dang good song. Toys in the Attic. I mean, there's just so many good songs from back in that the early era. But it, this Aerosmith, if you compare this album to some of their older stuff, they're a totally different band. They sound so... I don't know how to... How to I don't know how to, this is a totally different album, and they, it's like a hard rock live album, and it's not live, that's the thing, but it reminds me of listening to a concert, because you come out with the banger Young Lust, you go right into Fine and Love in the Elevator, Monkey on My Back, and then Janie's Got a Gun, you kind of slow things down with that, and then you kind of take like a little instrumental break, kind of giving the singer time to catch his breath with Two Climber Stomp, then it goes right into the other side. My Girl, Don't Get Mad, Get Even. And you go to Voodoo Medicine Man, which is kind of starts off slow, and then it ends big, and then you go with the sing-along at the very end and tell everybody goodnight with what it takes. And that is what I love about the album. It's just the way, and I don't know if they did that on purpose or if they just, you know, like, here, let's put this song here, let's put this song here. If they actually sat down and planned it out like that, but the, the track listing and listening to it all the way through, it, it really is. It, it kind of starts off, you know, working out hard and, and then you kind of slow down and you get right, build back up into it. 
I just love the way the album rolls. It is a you know, I can't say this enough. Oh, great album, man. If you haven't listened to it, give it a chance. Check it out. It's uh it's available everywhere. It's actually was remastered in 01. So I think they have the remastered version. You should definitely check the remastered version out. And like I said, you can watch that documentary. Uh, it's called The Making of Pump, Aerosmith, The Making of Pump. It's real popular. I actually seen it the other day on YouTube. And I think it's like an hour and a half long or something like that. But trust me, you start watching that and you'll you'll be hooked. But um, that documentary was released in... 1994 I'm reading right here Making a Pump was released in 1994 I had it on DVD at one time I don't remember what happened to it I don't see it over there but yeah so remember the videos <laughs> the videos like of uh, Love in the Elevator and What It Takes great videos man some great 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 videos and I will tell you, as a guitar player, I don't think I've... I've learned some of the songs, and I've never played them with a band or anything. And I've learned bits and pieces of some of these songs, like uh, Love and Elevator, of course, What It Takes is pretty easy to play. But um, I never played them live, but man, they're... That Love and Elevator, there's a, there's a lot going on in that song, and I don't think I could even... Me, I was the only guitar player in the band. I don't think I could pull that song off by myself because there's just so much going on in that song. And I think even with two guitar players, you definitely probably even need a keyboard player to pull off some of that stuff because there's a lot going on in that song in particular. But anyway, nonetheless, check it out. It's available wherever you get your music from. Give it a shot. Give it a chance. Let me know what you think of it. If you like the album, let me know what you think. What's your favorite tracks? Leave in the comment section on the YouTube channel, or you, you know you can tweet at me on Twitter at less5150ebh. Guys and girls, thank you so much for listening. You know this is something new. I'm gonna start doing once a month, talking about a favorite album or favorite movie. This is kind of first time. You know, like I said, I did edit this part of the podcast where I start talking about the album. I redid it because I didn't like the way what I the direction I was doing so I just you know always honest with you guys tell you if it's not a one shot this was actually two parts the first part and then it leads right into the pump album that I'm talking about but you know this is something new I want to try out and see what you guys think of it give me some feedback let me know I love hearing from you guys and I try to respond to everybody on YouTube that I can and if I can't usually like if look you know, Travis is on there, and the guy that edits all my YouTube stuff, he'll he'll respond, and he goes by the name Lead, so Lead Collector, so you'll see him, and uh, yeah, I definitely like to hear what's your favorite songs off this album, if you like this album, or if you haven't, give it a listen, and then tell me what you think about it, you know, and if it sucks, hey, last year I listened to it, and it wasn't my thing that sucked, and, you know, you'll be honest, because I'll be honest, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, have a great week, I should catch up with you pretty people on Friday. You guys stay cool. I'll stay less 5150. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. It's available at less 5150EVH. You can tweet at me at less 5150EVH on the Twitter. It's been fun. It's been real. I'll catch you guys on the other side Friday on the podcast. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.